Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. talking about who we are. Uh, We have to know who we are. If we don't know who we are, if we don't know our own identity in Christ and who he said we could be, we will never live up to the level that he's called us to live to. And so we started a series um, four weeks ago called This Is Us, and we've been, um, those that cry every week, I guess you're on a cry vacation because um, the show is like stop for a little bit. They're at the end of the season, and so you haven't cried as much as you need to, and so we'll help you out. You know, well, you can do that here, but we've been dealing with who we are. Jesus goes up to the mountain, up to a mountain, and he sits down, and he begins to talk to his disciples, his followers, about who we are. We've, it's, it's the Sermon on the Mount. We've been dealing with it, going through it piece by piece, and we're almost done, but, but he sits down, and he takes considerable amounts of time, and he begins to tell us who we are. He says, we're blessed. He says, we're square pegs which we talked about being salt. He said we're spotlights, which was the light of, of the world. He, he says we're supposed to be grown-ups. We deal with difficult situations different than everybody else. And then last week we talked about the fact that we, he said we're extras. We're not the star of the show. He's the star of the show. So let's continue this morning. We're into Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to begin in uh, verse 19 and read down through verse 34. Listen to very carefully what Jesus says. He says, Don't hoard treasures down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dark cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than food you put than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outward appearance, your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone, and I know this is true, has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? Doesn't work. I've tried. Doesn't work. Had some long arguments because I wanted to dunk before I die, but it's not going to happen. All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you and take pride in you and do his best for you? 
what I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That is a powerful passage of Scripture. Uh, Jesus had this uh, knowledge. Jesus knew that uh, it was inevitable that as human beings, we would be overwhelmed and overtaken at times. He understand that as normal, everyday life began to come our way, that there would be things that would begin to make us fret if we're not careful and make us nervous if we don't pay attention. So he, he, he's like, okay, guys, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have to struggle with about health care. You're, you're going to have to you're going to have to wrestle with grocery bills. Anybody else? Okay, nobody else has teenagers in the house. All right, uh, you're you're gonna there're gonna be these moments where where house payments are gonna loom and car payments are gonna loom and college tuition is gonna come due. Lord help us all. Uh, stock markets are gonna crash. Uh, uh, he, he knew that there would be these moments that you begin to think about retirement and how am I going to do this and this incessant uh, clamor of society to compete with neighbors we don't even know. He knew all of that. And he comes along after all of that with that knowledge. He knows that's going to happen and he tries to make it very clear to us that we, that we should not become consumed or trapped by this rat race around us. We are, in fact, according to Jesus, supposed to be very carefree in life. So Jesus, in a very real way, as he's looking at his disciples and trying to get them to relax a little bit, not to worry and become consumed by all of these things that we tend to become consumed by, he looks at them and he says, this is us. This is us. We're chilling. All right. All right. Those of you that don't understand that language, would you lean over and ask your neighbor what in the world that means right now? It doesn't have a G on the end of it. It has an apostrophe because we're gangster this morning. All right. We're, we're chill. Okay. We, we rapped last week. We're gangster this week. All right. So we're chilling. All right. He tells us that we can be carefree when it comes to fashion, when it comes to food, when it comes to finances. He, he, he's saying to us, you can just relax a, bit, a little bit. And I got problems with that. I'm just going to be honest with you. How in the world, Jesus, can you have the audacity to tell me to just chill a little bit? Don't you know? Don't you know, Jesus, about the pressure that I'm under? Don't you know about the fact that I lay awake at night sometimes going, how in the world are we going to make ends meet? And where's the next paycheck going to come from? How am I going to be, be able to, 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 to re repair this and fix that and make this happen? How? Jesus, don't you know? Don't you know that, like, insurance premiums are crazy? Don't you know that, that I'm getting to the point where my, my opportunity to earn income is coming to a close and I don't know if I'm going to be? Don't you know that I got a school bill due? How, Jesus, how dare you? In fact, if, you, if you're not careful, you can get mad at him because... But he flies in the face of that, and he says, listen, don't fret, don't be worried, don't, don't succumb to the pressure. How can he tell us that? 
Apparently, he didn't have the bills we have. Apparently, he didn't have the pressure we, we're under. Well, fortunately for us, Jesus begins to answer towards the end of this passage how we can be relaxed and chilling. How, how Jesus? And he tells us. He tells us two very um, specific things. The first thing he tells us is that we can chill because he says we can be carefree because we're cared for. If very, this, I, I wrote it down like this. I want to say it just like this. If we were fatherless, then we could not be fearless. But because we are fatherless, we, because we are not father, fatherless, we have a father that cares about us, we don't have to be fearful. Jesus is very clear that because our father is watching over us, we can rest in his care. So, so he, he uses this analogy, and, and we know this to be true. Our father cares about birds. Birds. Birds, their needs are met every day. Our Father cares about the birds. And then He contrasts that with us and says this, if, he care, if we know that He cares about the birds, then why are we freaking out as if He doesn't care about us? Because He cares about us more. Too many of us know that He cares about birds. We just don't think He cares about us. We even know in our head, in head knowledge, some of us sitting in here right now know that he cares for the person sitting three rows up from us, but we're not really sure whether he cares for us. And Jesus comes on and says, listen, chill. Understand that I, I'm telling you that your father cares about you. So some of us just need to come to grips with the truth that he's trying to share with us in this moment. He is literally telling us this, the God of the universe Think about that. This is deep. The Father, the, the God, the creator of the universe cares about, let's do it like this, cares about me. Make it personal. He cares about me. He's compassionate towards me. He's moved by my pain. He, he takes notice of my need. He cares about me. That is a powerful truth that he, he is compassionate towards us. You want to talk about a perspective changer. You want to talk about a game changer in your life. If you could ever come to grips with the understanding that in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your lack, in the middle of your stress, in the middle of everything that's going on around you, if you could ever come to grips with this understanding, he cares about you. He cares he, he's, he's active in our lives. Knowing that I'm cared for allows me to have this ability to chill and to relax because I don't have to do this as if I'm doing it all by myself. He's involved in my life. He's intervening in my life. He's just not out there somewhere not paying attention to me. He knows about me. I have a partner in this. I've got a wingman that's watching over my every step. He cares about me. Too many of us know this as head knowledge, but then we live with worry and fear and fret as if we're in this all by ourselves. And I want to say to you this, this morning that our stress level may be an accurate indication of our solo level. I want to say that again. Our stress level is probably a very good indi indicator. It's an accurate test or, or scale by which we can determine whether or not we're really in this alone or not, or if we're acting like we're alone. Because if we're stressed out and freaked out, it means we don't understand that the, that the God of the universe cares about us. Jesus says, chill, man. 
He's, he cares for you. Some of you came in here and you feel uncared for, even though you're living in the house with other people. There are moments in your life where you feel like nobody cares and nobody knows and nobody is really taken back by your issues and, and you think, I'm all in this by myself. And I just want you to understand that Jesus made it abundantly clear that that is not true. You are not alone. He cares about you. He, if we knew we weren't in this life and in this fight alone, would we be as overwhelmed and anxious as we tend to be? And the answer is no. If we really understood that he cares about us. The second thing he says is he says we can chill because not only does Jesus say that our Father cares for us, he makes this statement. We can chill because he's capable. All right, have have you ever run into one of those people that when you share a need with them, this is the response? Man, I would like to help, but. And you know at that point the conversation is over because you know they're not going to be able to help, right? Oh, they, like this one. You share the need and the response is this. Man, if I was rich, I'd take care of you, bro. Right? Okay, just me. I've only, um, I wish I could help. I, I, wish, I wish I could lend a hand. They care, but they're not capable. Are you with me this morning? God's intentions towards us are good, but the thing that makes that incredible is not only does he have good intentions, he has the means to carry out his intentions. All right, so he's capable. Jesus says that we will never have a conversation with God where, where we share a need with him, and the response is like that guy. Well, I wish I could help, but. He's capable. He's able. The reason we can chill is because our Father isn't one of those people that, that care, that have no resources to do anything about what they care about. So Jesus says, relax. God cares and God is capable. Uh, he isn't like that guy, you ever met this guy, where, where you go up to him and, and you begin to tell him about the fact that you're having transportation issues? And you can see it on his face, man, he's really concerned. I'm so concerned for you. You can't get to work, you're going to lose your job. You're, you're going to be late for everything, going to have to ride the bus. I'm so, I'm so concerned for you. I, I, I w I'm, I'm so sorry. And then they reached out their hand and they shake your hand and then they turn and walk away. And you know that they got six cars at home. And it's just them and their spouse. And they won't lend you a set of keys for nothing. Ever met that person? Maybe it's not cars. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's like, I don't know, what is it? They just, there's concern, but they won't lend the resources. God sees our need, and then like a good father, he responds accordingly. We can chill. We can take comfort in the fact that he cares about us, but he's also able and capable of meeting the need. The only caveat that Jesus even adds to this is an important one, and we do overlook it. We tend to overlook this one caveat. So I want to draw it to your attention this morning. Jesus almost, it's like he writes a blank check and says, whatever you have care of, God will come through. But he does add one caveat that we need to pay attention to because this is where we get ourselves in trouble. He says, you will find all your everyday human concerns will be met. That's the only caveat he puts on it. The only stipulation he puts on it is God will meet your everyday needs. One version says your essential 
needs. The essential needs, the basic needs. Notice he doesn't say that your, his father, our father will give us our every whim and our every desire. He doesn't say, notice, I want you to go back, your, your homework this afternoon is go back and read it in any version because he does not say that he will give you an iPhone 7 if your iPhone 6 works perfectly. Doesn't say that. He, does, he never says, never says, listen, this is what's going to happen. My father is capable, so what he's going to do is just you and your spouse in a 2,000-square-foot home. But because you asked my father and because it's the dream, he's not going to, he doesn't say, what he's going to do is he's going to move you into a 7,000-square-foot home just so you can get lost. Doesn't say that. Oh, it's Okay, it's quiet in here now. He doesn't say that every time you sit down with a hamburger on your, plate, on your plate that my father's going to step in miraculously and it's suddenly out of nowhere. You're just about to cut in, put a little man, get a little mayonnaise, a little mustard, whatever, about to apply it, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, it's a T-bone. Mm. He doesn't say that. See, we get ourselves into trouble because we want to impose our wishes and let them supersede our needs. Jesus says that God will meet our everyday concerns, the essentials of life, our needs. We want to write checks that God is not obligated to cash. So what happens is we tend to overextend ourselves, and then we run to God and say, Father, 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 bail me out. I didn't need the new phone. Now I can't make the payments. Please, Father, Bell me out. My car ran perfectly, got me from A to B, but I needed a faster one, a brighter one, a more stylish one. So bail me out. He doesn't say he will. He says he will meet our need. One of the responsibilities of every parent is to teach their children how to handle the provisions of their life and to live within their means, Right? How many of you want to have a child that lives above their means so that you can support them the rest of your entire life? Like, I don't know what your goal is, but my goal is, is to get my kids to where they can pay for my life. Okay, just me? I, 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 all right? I, get it done, son. I, I need to retire. I, 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 daddy, daddy needs a lake house. Go, go. Let me, re, right? I want to teach my children how to live within their means. Well, if our Father, our Heavenly Father, did anything less than that, He wouldn't be a good Father. He has a responsibility, an obligation, that even though He's capable, you need to hear this this morning, He is capable, and He has so many resources. He is obligated, and He is committed to our character. So, this morning you need to know that He will not allow his capacity to provide comfort to override the development of our character. That was good. I don't care if you amen me, and I don't even care if you like it. That was good because he will not allow his capacity to override the development of our character. So when we run to him with all of these unnecessary things, he will not just step in and say, okay, I'll spoil them. Have y'all ever met somebody else's kids that are spoiled? You notice how I phrase that, right? Somebody else's kids are spoiled. Doesn't it just drive you crazy? Don't you just wish you had like five minutes with them in the privacy of like a room when you had your good belt on? Just 
10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes. All right. But isn't that how we treat our Father? We want Him to spoil us, even if it means being detrimental to our character. He says He is obligated for our essentials. Jesus comes to comes face to face with the man. I was remembering this story, and I went back and researched it. Um, and I'm not going to read it to you. It's just in Luke chapter 5. You can read it for yourself. He comes into this encounter with this man, and there's this exchange that takes place for them. This man is sick. He has leprosy. He's dying. Uh, and their conversation uh, bears out these two chill-producing facts that, that I've shared with you because this, this sick man comes to Jesus, and he had, I don't know how, but I guess he'd heard Jesus' track record, so there's some indication that he understood at least partially how much power and resource Jesus had. He had some working knowledge of that. I'm not sure he understood it completely, but he had some comprehension of the resources of the one that he was encountering, but he, he didn't understand the intentions of the one that he was encountering. So this dying man approaches Jesus and he makes this statement that I want to just share with you for just a second because it reveals uh, there's only one of two ways to approach our Father. And this man chooses one. We'll talk about both just briefly. He says, if you are willing, you could heal me. That's how he approaches Jesus. If you're willing, you could heal me. So we either approach our Father like this, I know you can, but I don't know if you will. Or the only other option is to come to him and say, I know you want to, but I don't know if you can. Are you with me this morning? Those are the only two ways to approach our Father if we're we're not understanding who he really is and what he has. Because we either go to him as if he's only good and we sell his greatness short, or we approach him as if he's great, but we're not sure he's good. I know you can, but I don't even know if you're really concerned. I know you have power, but I'm not sure you have compassion. I know you have provision, but I'm not sure I'm a priority. Or we flip it and we go, I know you, I know you desire to, but I don't know if you will. I, I, I know you love me, but I don't know if you're loaded with the necessary power to do this. Don't act like we don't approach Jesus in those ways because we do it all the time. Because all we got to do is get this thing going on. We go to the doctor. He says the C word. And now we go, I know you want to, Father. But I just don't know if you can. Jesus kills both birds with one stone. Jesus' response is not only do I have the capacity, but I also have the desire. He says to this man, chill. I can and I care. That ought to set us free to know that we have a father, that when we approach him and we, we, we don't really know if we're on the list of priorities, we know that he cares about us so much that he will adjust the priorities and he'll come to our rescue. And not only that, he has the ability to. Are you facing shortage in your life this morning? What should your response be? Chilling.
because I know he has more than enough for me. Facing sickness, what should your response be? Chilling. Because I know by his stripes, I have been healed. Facing the unknown, what should you do? Freak out? No. Your response is this, should be this. He, loved, he loves me so much that he goes before me. Do you understand the implications of that, that promise right there? He goes before me. That means he walks into my unknown and he maps it out and deals with everything that needs to be dealt with so I can walk in fearless. So I can chill. He loves me so much that he explores the unknown. So in other words, God's got us. Every which way we turn, he's got us. So my question is simply this. Why should I feel discouraged? And why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know. He watches me. Let not your heart be troubled. These tender words I hear and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fear. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I'm tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eyes on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. So I sing because I'm happy. And I sing, why? Because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he's watching me. How can we sing in a life so consumed by stress and consumed by care and consumed by hurt and consumed by daily pain? We're free because we know this. He cares for us. He's capable. He has all of our needs within his, his ability to meet. He, he, I'm happy. I'm free. I have a song in my heart because he watches over me. Our freedom is based on our ability to embrace the fact that we are cared for by the capable. We can chill. So my question for you this morning is simply this. How relaxed are you? Stressed out, wrinkled, can't sleep at night, worried, ulcers, shingles, scared to death. Life is totally fraught. Taking it out on your kids, taking it out on your spouse, taking it out on your employer, taking it out on your employees, freaking out all the time, turning to alcohol, drugs, whatever, just trying to look for escape. May I just submit to you this morning this simple truth. This is us. Chilling. Relax. Well, you don't know my stress level. You're right but I know you're God. And your God cares for you. And your God is capable of meeting any need you may have. You can chill. Would you stand with me this morning?
Father, this morning I pray that we would be very honest about our stress levels. I pray that we would be very honest about the needs and concerns of life. I pray that we would be willing to bring every need, every concern, every care to you. And we would approach you like this. I know you care, and I know you can. No question. doesn't matter how severe it may seem. doesn't matter how desperate it may look. doesn't matter how impossible it may appear. I know that you care for me. And I know that you're capable of meeting my needs. So, Father, this morning we don't bring frivolous things to you that don't really matter. You said we don't have to worry about fashion and food and finances. We don't, we don't bring stuff that doesn't really matter. We bring the essentials, the daily needs, the, the stuff that keeps us up at night. The truth is, Father, that there are probably some standing in this congregation that have made some silly decisions that weren't really essential, and now they find themselves in a desperate situation. I'm thankful that even in those moments, you're a good father who understands your children. I pray that you would touch and relieve stress today and help us to relax and rest who you are. You are a good, good Father. In Jesus' name. This is what I want to do this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Steve, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to relax. I'm struggling to chill. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. Fret has overtaken my life. I'm scared to death. If that's you this morning, I want you to come and find a place to pray at this altar. What we're really doing, what we're really doing is this. I'm asking you to approach your father as if he cares. But more than that, I don't want to just go up here and get a hug as if, like, he cares about me. Father, I'm approaching you knowing that you care about me. That's why I'm coming to you in the first place is I know you care. So now what I'm asking you, Father, to do is bring your capacity to bear, knowing that you have the ability to meet this need in my heart. If that's you this morning, you say, I'm struggling, would you quickly step out and come and find a place at this altar and let the Holy Spirit meet you, but then we're going to have people come and pray with you. And they're, As you kneel or stand, they're going to come behind you and place their hand on you as a point of contact, saying, I believe that I serve a good Father, and He can come through. A moment longer, we're not going to wait long. If that's you, I'm stressed out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need him to meet with me. Now, if you're standing here and you know that your father is good, that your father has the ability, I want you to come and find one of these people and lay your hands on them this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to use you to impart grace and hope. Hope. Come on, move, 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 move. i got to have someone behind every person, someone praying for each person this morning. We believe that God is good, but he's also capable you find one that you can stand in the gap with this morning and let's pray and believe that he can do this in fact why don't you just pray that why don't you just pray that over them behind them God can do this I know you can do this I know you're concerned I know you can you can do this
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.